0: day, A.K.A. Blister Day, we got some takeaways from the first, you know, the first real day of the season. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. Adam Azer with Scott White and Heath Cummings today. Chris Towers is out sick. We're going to tell you about some ad drops. We're going to talk about saves. We're going to talk about blisters. We're going to talk about the best and the worst from yesterday. But first, a message for employers. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up?
1: Good Baseball's morning. awful. Baseball's what? All of our, are we like 0-4 as a fantasy baseball
0: department? Why? All of our teams lost. Oh really? <laughs> what do you mean all of our teams lost? Uh, not our fantasy Braves teams. lost. The oh, lost,
1: like
2: the, the okay, lost, actual, the lost.
0: actual baseball teams. Yes. I thought you were talking about fantasy teams. No. No, yeah. look. I mean, if the Yankees lose today, I'm done. I'm not watching any more baseball. It's, it's ever again. Do or die. No, just yeah. for the season, you know. But oh, okay. Um, more importantly, uh waiver Wire Razor is at it again, folks. Already making some ad drops. I want to know if I'm alone. Do you guys make any ad drops based on yesterday's action? I made
2: zero ad uh, drops, but I am going to halfway advise some in in today's waiver wire column. Halfway, yeah, halfway. Who are you gonna lead with? Uh well, who do you think I'm gonna lead with?
0: I I I, ho- I is it Santiago Casilla or is it Hector? In It is. Santiago. Santiago oh, Cassia. I thought it was gonna be Kendall Graveman. How could, how could it not be? I'll tell you why. The okay, tell I'll me tell you why. why. Because Bob Melvin, this is the great manager quote. He said he used Ryan Madsen in the eighth to face Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. So here's what happened in case you missed it. Santiago Casilla got the save for the A's. He threw a scoreless inning. He did walk one. Ryan Dole pitched the seventh. Sean Doolittle pitched, uh, I got think he got two outs in the eighth. Ryan Madsen came in and got one out. But Melvin said he wanted Madsen because it was the best matchup for Trout and Pujols. And Melvin said, quote, it worked out. Now, I would say <laughs> Madsen gave up a double to Trout at an intentional walk to Pujols. And then I think he got C.J. Crone to end the inning. So I don't know that it really worked out, but they got the save. So just because you know, that's why I was saying maybe not Cassia, because uh I don't know what well, will happen next time if he was you, really using Madsen. You don't face- know what I was gonna say about
2: Cassia, Adam. I yes, don't but I, go ahead. I, why don't you talk? I do think that Monday's bullpen usage wasn't necessarily all that revelatory because they did uh use doolittle and um uh, Madsen in what would appear to be the highest leverage situation, and they said at the start of the year that there were going to be several pitchers in the mix for saves. So just because that opportunity happened to fall in Casillas' lap this time doesn't mean it regularly will. But he's only nine percent owned, and we have no other indication that there's a clearer front runner than him. I equate the situation kind of to Rysel Iglesias', in that he's the front runner. In a very dicey situation. And Iglesias is 69% owned versus Casilla's 9% ownership. I'm not saying Casilla needs to be universally added. He's still at near the very bottom of the closer um, pecking order in fantasy. But, I mean, 9%. And you just got to say, that, that certainly needs to
0: be added in some leagues. All right, well, here's my question. Two questions. First of all, would you drop Ryan Madsen for Santiago Casilla? Yes. No. It's a tough one. I don't know what to do. I, I have a situation where I have Ryan Madsen, and I, I don't know. I'm going to be so mad at myself if I drop Madsen and he gets the next save. I,
1: I'm, I might. I'm putting Madsen at like an over under of 20 saves, and Casilla at like
2: 12 and a half right now. I would, unless it was a situation where I needed the Athletics closer, whoever I decided is in my lineup right now, to get me saves. If it's just like a guy from my bench. I think I might
0: rather own Hector Naris. I was gonna say that. Neither. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That was my next question. Like, would you lead the waiver wire column with Hector Naris? Because Jenmar Gomez was terrible in getting a save yesterday, and his manager actually came out and said, I'm worried. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've been talking about this. Here's Hector Neris thing, is though, better.
1: Like, everybody in the world knew that Jenmar Gomez was not any good. And you are so confident that he's good that after one bad performance in which you still win the game, now
2: you're worried. I mean, he had like an 850 ERA in the second half last year. Well, then why is he the closer? Well, okay, here's the quote from uh, Pete McCannon I'm concerned. I had two guys up in the pen in that ninth inning. He's just not getting the ball down the way he did when he was successful. I want to make sure that he gets the opportunities, but at the same time, I don't want to let the game sw- slip away. He has to execute. Like I said, for me, he's earned the right to be the closer for right now, but he's got to get the ball down. Well, so, you, manage- it, you know, he's not he's not removing him tomorrow, but it sounds like he had Gomez has a very short leash and Neris worked the eighth inning. while I think uh, Joaquin Benoit worked like the sixth, which doesn't mean they couldn't change it all up if they decided to make a change and go with Benoit. But Neris is their best reliever. And I don't have confidence in Gomez turning this around. So if the Phillies are expressing some doubt
0: here as well, I think
2: it's just a matter of time.
0: So who's the best to own? Like I am currently looking at one of my teams where I have Ken Giles and I have Mark Melanson. Um, I I want a third closer. I have Ryan Madsen, I have Jason Grilly, and I have Fernando Rodney on my team. I actually also have Jarice Familia. So I actually want four closers. This is one of those head to head categories leagues where you can change your lineup every day. Um, and I think you should have you should try to get four closers in that league. I think it would be helpful for you. I still have plenty of starting pitchers. I don't think you need Grilly. Sounds like it's just going to be a
2: minimum DL stay for Ozuna. And he's not very good anyway. So, you know, week two, it'll be too late to start Grilly. I know, I know you said it's a daily league, but, um, yeah, so dump Grilly for, for Naris. And then, you know, if, if
0: Madsen does end up getting the majority of the chances in Oakland, you still have him. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you for helping with my team. And I, I think that, <laughs> I think a lot of people are probably looking at the same group of, of fringy closers. And Naris could definitely be, like, Naris had over 100 strikeouts last year, right? He's good. Came close, at least. I know he had a good
2: rate in a lot of innings, so there's a good chance. Let me, let me find it exactly so I don't have to, uh, just talk around it. Yeah,
0: no, that's fine. I, I don't know he that. Had he had 102. Yep. He, and he's probably, if he becomes the closer, Naris won't throw as many innings as he threw last year. Which is working against him, because I think they like him for more than one inning. But, I don't know, it just seems like a guy, if you want to speculate right now, seems like a guy to speculate on. Um, I added Carlos Gomez, who's 69% owned in two leagues. And, you know... <laughs> Did you drop Delano De shields for him? I dropped Delano De shields in a points league. Because here's That's the thing. So we thought the Delano De shields He's one of the big losers from yesterday. I don't know how long it lasts, but just from yesterday, we thought the Delano De shields was going to lead off for the Rangers. Carlos Gomez let off for the Rangers. Jerks and Profar played left field, batted ninth, went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And Jeff Banister says that Profar, Rua, and the Shields are all going to play left field. So I would not drop Gomez necessarily, for, or would would not drop the Shields for Gomez necessarily in a categories league. It kind of would depend on what I need. But in a points league, I don't see I don't see how you don't make that swap. In fact, I probably should have drafted Gomez over the Shields in that league to begin with. Yep. Yeah,
2: you probably should have. But this is one of the like. Do we do we have much confidence Jerks and Profar is good? No, no, we no. don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of confidence Delano Shields is good. I have more confidence. Like we've seen better from the Shields more recently than we have Profar. The thing so was, if he just keeps doing what he did in spring training, this will this will sort itself out. He's the, probably going to be in the lineup tonight. Yeah, I think he'll get a shot. I, I was really
1: shocked. Like, why not just play Profar at third and play Delano De Shields in left field? Like why did they have to play Gallo at third?
0: Well, that's look, a good question. I I think that the, the just saying like because you know I keep talking about the liner to Shields and now one day into the season I drop him. It's really that was about Carlos Gomez. Uh, Gar- Gomez is sixty nine percent own. He homered. He also stole a base and was called out. I mean officially he was caught stealing, but I'm pretty sure he was safe. Uh And yeah, again leading off for the Rangers, so I think. What he did yeah. with Texas last year, there was enough excitement well, there for me to take a I shot mean, the, on him. The
2: circumstances you're mentioning, it's not like I'm chastising you for dropping De Shields. It's a three outfielder points league where you don't need stolen bases. Right. I'm just saying, if you drafted De Shields as a sleeper for steals and like a five outfielder roto league, let's not let's not pull the plug just yet.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was saying. I I, I totally agree, and I didn't want people to think I was pulling the plug. It was more about Gomez than DeShields. And then that that was the only guy I added that wasn't a relief pitcher. Um so let's get into yesterday's action. Who do you think's gonna hit more home runs this year? Mark Trumbo or Chris Davis with a K? Well, Chris Davis has got a a, a one home lead, but I'm gonna go with Trumbo
1: still. I <laughs> I don't think either one of them probably reaches last year's totals, but they could both get within spitting distance.
0: Okay. And they both were over forty last year, and Trumbo had more. I think Trumbo had what, like forty seven?
1: 47 for Trumbo and
0: 42 for Yeah, I think Davis? 42, yeah. Um, and they're off the straight. Uh I want a hitter in a deep league. Who do I want, Steve Pierce, 14% owned, or Ryan Schimpf, 19% owned? I'd rather have
2: Pierce. I've always been fascinated by Pierce. Two of the last three years, he's hit about 290 with an OPS over 850, but um, didn't seem like... None of his teams were giving regular, him regular playing time. The fact that he, A, the Blue Jays removed a left field option when they cut Melvin Upton loose and B, they gave Pierce the start at first base over Justin Smoke even against a right handed pitcher yesterday, um, gives me some encouragement that they actually, uh, actually like him as much as I do. So want to see him play more before we talk about mixed league, making him a mixed league addition, but he's, He's on my scouting list for yeah. now. I will say
1: just in since Chris Towers is not here, somebody should say it, that Ryan Schimpf was pretty phenomenal last year, he had a 130 OPS plus 869 OPS, 20 home runs and just 330 plate appearances and didn't look like a fluke, at least on opening day. I think I'd lean Pierce too, but there's a
2: pretty decent chance that, uh, we overlooked both of these guys. Shimp? I don't have much confidence in Schimpf hitting even 200 to be, yeah. like, I understand a lot of fly balls, a lot of power, but he hit 217 last year in half the seasons at bats basically, and just, yes. it seems like home run or bust for him. Did
0: he lead, did Ryan Schimpf lead baseball in isolated power, which is slugging percentage minus batting average, cause it was over 300. <laughs>
1: he, well,
0: he wouldn't have been a qualifier.
1: Okay. But I can, how many plate appearances did he have?
0: I don't know. He played 89 games. He batted 217. Schimpf hit 20 home runs in 89 games, had a 533 slugging percentage. He's eligible at second base as of now, and uh, he played third base and batted fifth yesterday, so Schimpf could have second base and third base eligibility soon. Um Let me throw Mark Reynolds in there, by the way. Mark Reynolds went two for three with a home run on the road at Milwaukee. Would you rather have Steve Pierce, Ryan Schimpf, Mark Reynolds? Reynolds is going to be at
2: the back of that list for me just because I don't think – He'll have a job for long.
1: No, yeah. he's he's probably realistically a, a one-month rental. But I think there's a chance for the next month he's better than a lot of guys you're currently playing at corner infield. Like I think Reynolds will be better than those two in April.
2: I okay. just don't know that he's worth anything at all after that. It, it could be just like a two-and-a-half-week rental, too. Uh, that's optim that's yes that that's possible i think yeah. it's optimistic it's like De- like when desmond comes back i don't think they're going to stick him in the outfield i think he would just go first base regardless of how reynolds and and para are doing all
0: right guys uh more stuff from yesterday closer stuff the angels are using closer by committee as well so like it looks kind of like the a's are going to use closer by committee as of now but the angels and we like cam Bedros- Bedrosian, mm. and houston streets on his way back, making progress. What's your read on this situation with the Angels? Like, like
2: the difference for me is the the A's have like four different relievers who are more or less equivalent and could all close potentially. The, the Angels just have one good reliever, and it's Cam Bedrosian. And you know the, he may have intentions, social may have intentions of going committee, but the cream will rise to the top. Okay. I do, I I do think what two things. One.
1: Amongst players with at least 300 plate appearances, Ryan Schimp did lead baseball in ISO last year at 315, edging out David Ortiz. Wow. Two, the only thing that really bothered me about that that I read, and I, I can't remember exactly where I read it, was it does make you think when they say we're going committee that they're just holding the job until Street comes back.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like if they, if they weren't worried about when Street comes back, I could see them just naming a guy. But then there's also – how good is street even right but if if bedrosian's going to have to prove it over the next month and Mm. then when street comes back we have to wait for street to screw it up too that's a long time before cam
2: bedrosian's a a closer you really want to start yeah well we'll see i mean it it is worth noting that street actually did lose his job to cam bedrosian for like a day (laughs) last year before bedrosian got hurt but um and he Obviously had a terrible that year. Didn't, that didn't help Benoit coming. I mean, not Benoit, it didn't help Hector Neris coming into this season. That similar situation with Gomez.
0: So who would you rather own? Uh Hector Neris or Camber Drosian? The Bedrosian. Okay. Um Jason Grilly struggled yesterday in his cameo. He it was a non safe situation. He gave up the, the home run, the walk off home run to Mark yeah. Trumbo. Yeah. Sam Dyson. Got uh, roughed up, four hits, three runs, lost the game for the Rangers, and Couldn't that was even a, get out of the inning. That was a nine, that was a non-save situation as well. He's been a good pitcher three years in a row, so I can we shrug, shrug this one off for Sam Dyson?
1: The one thing that helps him is that the reason it wasn't a save situation is because Matt Bush blew the save the inning before that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think for like you just put this one in your back pocket and remember it, but it
2: doesn't mean anything probably yet.
0: And Blake Trinan got a save. He struck out two. He struck out uh, yeah. two Marlins. Got his first save.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Blake Trinan now because I got him in Towers. I <laughs> He's a quarter of my yearly budget to get him. So now I need him to do well.
0: All right. Awesome. Uh, so injuries, news, and notes. Important stuff here. Noah Sindergaard left with a blister on his middle finger. His next, uh, his next start will be pushed back from Saturday to Sunday. And he had a great start. Uh, Robert Gazelman's going to pitch Saturday now. Gazelman pitched out of the bullpen for one inning yesterday. And Corey Kluber also had a blister on his finger and it was affecting the spin on his pitches, and he had a bad start. Gave up three home runs, five runs, and in six innings, uh, also with three walks at Texas. So Cindergard and Kluber both dealing with blisters. And are there any concerns, let's say for Kluber, other than the injury if you looked at yesterday's start? Uh, I think he was terrible in op- on opening day last year, right? Kluber. Oh, he had a lot of terrible starts
2: early because that inspired the great and yeah. now infamous Adam Azer, Kluber is no good rant.
0: Oh, you jerk. I can't believe you just spun it like that. That is absolutely.
2: matters. That's not what I
0: said. That is not what I said. I never said he's overrated. <laughs> I just said he, his ERA matters. You guys seem to overlook his ERA all the time. All right. And all he right. did have a bad start on opening day. His first he three didn't starts. didn't win the
2: Cy Young. He only finished third. So
0: Yeah, there you go. You said he's not an ace. That's what you said? To be clear, is that
1: what I said? Yes, he is not an ace. Okay. Um, Well, maybe I was wrong about the blister
2: issue. (laughs) Like Rich Hill missed most of the second half last year with a blister. So, like, it's one of those injuries that like can be a very small thing, or it can be a big thing depending on its location and I guess its size and just how much it impacts um, your ability to throw the baseball. Like you're used to. The Mets, for Syndicards, they pushed them back a day. Did you mention that? Yes. they pushed them back from Saturday to Sunday. So, you know, that doesn't mean it can't become a bigger blister and Sunday start. But that sounds even more time. But yes, it's an encouraging outlook initially. Uh, Kluber, I don't think, I don't think that situation is as clear. And I, you were saying off the air, Heath, that you thought it sounded more severe. Just
1: from the, and I haven't obviously seen the blisters, but just from the <laughs> reporting that I heard, I mean, they said Kluber had a callus on his finger rip open and he was awful, which I would assume we can at least contribute partially to that situation where, whereas Cindergaard was just completely and totally dominant. Maybe it didn't happen till the last pitch he threw. I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm more worried about Kluber than I am Cindergaard right now. I might put Cindergaard as like a three on the worryometer and Kluber at a six.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, Kluber, like I said, it, it was affecting the spin on his pitches, so we can partially at least attribute his struggles yesterday to the blister. We just gotta wait and see. There's nothing we can say. If Felix Hernandez, what did you think of Felix Hernandez's start yesterday, guys? He left with groin tightness after five innings. He gave up only two runs in five innings. They were both home runs, and they were both rockets. One from Springer, one from Correa. It was an interesting start, you know? I, I watched a lot of this game. And then after he left, I I watched the national championship game, which had a lot of fouls, by the way. 65 pitches, nine swinging strikes. That's good for him. The velocity was, was pretty encouraging for Felix Hernandez. I still didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't really know how to, how to interpret the start yesterday from Felix. What'd you guys think?
1: If, if it wasn't for the groin injury, I'd be fairly encouraged. I mean, he was efficient, got some decent swinging strikes. Yes, he gave up a couple of home runs, but that's, I'd much rather that than just get beat around. That was so, an issue for
0: I, him last year, though, the home runs. Wasn't a terrible—wasn't a huge issue? And no, I mean, everybody I, gives up home runs these days, I suppose.
1: It, I think it also depends on what kind of curve you're grading Felix Hernandez on now. Are you looking for 2012 Felix Hernandez? Because you're going to be disappointed all year long. But if you're looking for a solid number two starter, I don't think this is bad at all. Except okay. for the fact that he's now hurt.
0: He expects to make his next start. If you're in a daily league and you've got Carlos Carrasco, who's uh, pitching today, Ohio.com, I was just reading some notes after the game, Ohio.com said uh, Carrasco is going to throw maybe five innings as he isn't stretched out. So you might want to sit him at Texas.
1: If he pitches like he did this spring, it'd be tough to last that long.
0: Yeah. I I sat him for Patrick Corbin, a two-star Patrick Corbin. It was a tough decision, but now I'm not regretting it. Uh GM Ross Atkins of the Blue Jays says Roberto Osuna's injury is not serious. Joe Biagini could get some saves if Jason Grilli is not getting the saves, but uh, it looks like Grilli's the guy there for now, but Osuna could be back, you know, next week at some point. St. Louis signed Stephen Piscotti to a contract extension. Drew Pomerance appears to be on track to pitch this weekend. Junior Guerra was bad and now he's DL bound with a calf injury. Junior Guerra on the DL for the Brewers. Bronson Arroyo will start for Cincinnati on Saturday. Um, hmm, let's see where to jump to now. I could talk about lineups, but I'd rather talk about pitchers. Let's talk about some of the good aces from yesterday. Dallas Keuchel, woo! Seven innings, two hits. Dude, Dallas Keuchel is such a good fielder. I mean, we obviously, you know, if you follow baseball, you know that. He wins gold gloves. He made some awesome plays yesterday. It's a big part of his game because he got a lot of ground balls and pitched brilliantly. Uh, Two, only four strikeouts, but two hits and no runs in seven innings for Keiko against Seattle. I thought Danny Duffy, despite the three walks, looked really good. Eight strikeouts in six innings, one run at Minnesota. Steven Strasburg only struck out three Marlins, but gave up two runs in seven innings. Clayton Kershaw was outstanding. Two hits, no walks, one run, one earned run. Two runs total, eight strikeouts in seven innings. And Julio Tehran, he did walk three, but, uh, you know, Pretty good start. Six innings, no runs. Six strikeouts at the Mets, and and no runs for the Braves. And Tehran had the second worst run support in baseball last year, and off to the same start this year. So we had Keiko Duffy, Strasburg, Kershaw, and Tehran discuss, fellas. Well, Duffy's velocity uh, was still
2: he was still average was still averaging like ninety three on his fastball, which is down from the end of last year. So that. I mean, that raises concern for me. The result obviously doesn't indicate that there's any kind of issue, and it may be a situation kind of like, you know, Madison Bumgarner lost a mile and a half on his average fastball velocity last year and, uh, was, you know, he never would have known it. He had a career high strikeout rate. So I I do want to.
1: On the Duffy velocity thing, he was 91, 92 at the beginning of the spring. He was, just barely over 93 towards the end of the spring. He was 93.8, I think was his average fastball yesterday. So it's still climbing. And I don't think it's fair to compare. And Scott wasn't doing this, but when you want a lot of times we'll compare where is this guy compared to where he was in April last year compared to where he was in May last year at the beginning of the year. And Duffy's fastest velocity of the year was in April and May last year, but that's because he was pitching out of the bullpen in April and May last year. In July and August last year, he averaged 95.1 and 94.9 miles per hour on his fastball. So if he's one, maybe one and a half miles per hour off, that's not as concerning as if he's two, three, four miles an hour
2: off where he was last year. And it has, yeah, like you said, it's gone up a little since spring training. It could, since the start of spring training, it could go up a little more. Um, like the way I put it, and this may be not the most realistic scenario. Maybe it'll be more realistic if, Cole Hamels has a bad start first time out, but if Duffy's relief pitcher eligibility doesn't matter to you, coming off this great start, maybe you could flip him for like a Cole Hamels type starting pitcher, um, just to be safe. Would you trade him for Garrett Cole? No,
1: you <laughs> Darvish.
0: Yes. Oh uh, yeah, I traded for Darvish. But I, you watched the Royals game yesterday, right, Heath? Uh huh. Yeah, I I watched. I flipped. I thought he looked great. I mean, I thought he looked nasty. His changeup was – Duffy, I'm talking about. His changeup was really good. I, I he was...
1: mixed – he, he did a great job mixing his pitches. Um I mean, the the home run to Sano was just murdered, but I, that's going to happen. Sano's right. going to do that, yeah. Uh Could that – could there be a more Dallas Keuchel start than the one he had last night? It was fantastic, and it turned out really well, but I don't – like, you're not going to throw very many seven-inning shutouts when you strike out four batters.
0: Well, the ground balls are more important to me with Keichel than the strikeouts. He seems to need... Well, ground balls
1: are good, but still you cannot expect to have that type of success where the opposing team puts 19 balls in play and two of them turn into hits.
0: Well, if you get soft con- look, you're not gonna get- you're not gonna get shutouts, but I'm not expecting him to have a zero ERA, but I was very encouraged. I thought he looked good, and... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he's gonna get, he's just gonna get a lot of balls in play, but they're gonna be ground balls and they're gonna be soft contact. Hopefully, Uh I don't know. I I came away encouraged. You, I guess, looking at the strikeout. I, I wasn't discouraged.
1: You. I just thought that's Dallas Keuchel.
0: Yeah. But who is Dallas Keuchel? That's the thing. <laughs> and, and he's always gonna I mean, be a ground ball. He pitcher. won't have
2: his He won't every start. He won't give up as few as two hits, but every start he won't have as few as four strikeouts either. I think it's fair to say. So. Yeah, we've got we've got one season in his career
1: where he struck out more than seven point seven per nine.
0: And I just think that because he fields his position so well, because he gets so many ground balls, Dallas Keuchel can get away with a seven point seven per nine K rate K rate, and still I'll I'll say I think he could have an ERA under three with that K rate. He did it once. I think he could do it again. I don't know that he's done with a Cy Young. But this was this was 2014, Dallas Keuchel. Look, Scott and I are Keuchel. Believers, Heath and Chris not not as much. I'm not quite sure where Chris stands on that. I know Heath doesn't like him as much, uh, but all right, one in the books for Keiko Off to a yeah, good start. It's good. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to the to the bad aces from yesterday. You, Darvish, four runs on five hits. Uh, uh, no, on four hits, five walks against Cleveland. Garrett Cole. I have a lot to say about him. Actually, those are the only two I have in the bad aces. Let's start with Darvish. Did you guys read the article I sent you today? Yes. And it was crazy. Let me just see who wrote it. Is um, it Mac Engle? It was in the Star-Telegram, and who would you think it was? Yeah, it was Mac, Mac Engle. Eng- Rangers should trade you Darvish, who doesn't have it. And he's basically saying, like, we've watched you Darvish long enough to know that he's a talented pitcher, but he doesn't have it. He doesn't pitch as well as his stuff should indicate. I thought it was like a blistering article. This guy was second in Cy Young voting a few years ago before he had Tommy John. Uh, and ninth in Cy Young voting as a as a rookie. I don't I don't know what you want from from you, Darvish. Um, but yeah, this was not a good start for him. Any thoughts, guys? Clickbait. Um, <laughs> clickbait.
1: <laughs> on the, I thought you wanted start, thoughts on the start, not the article. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, on the start, on the start. You know, I it was not a good start. It's a very good offense. I am not. Overly concerned. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't think you should trade U Darvish off your fantasy team because he doesn't have it. <laughs> I think you should hold on to him.
0: I mean, look, you could look at the walks. He does, he can walk people. His, U Darvish's whip is sometimes a little higher than what you'd expect from, from an ace, but he makes up for that by being the best, maybe the best strikeout pitcher in baseball. In fact, I think they were saying on the broadcast yesterday he's got the best strikeout rate in baseball history for any pitcher who's thrown a certain amount of innings or whatever. Can yep, we move on I'd from Garvish it. and go to Cole?
1: Yeah. I can't decide if I'm concerned about Cole or not. Like, the strikeouts weren't there. He kind of had like a Keich- last Keiko-esque start to the first four innings and then had some sequencing issues.
0: The swinging strikes weren't there. I think he had four swinging strikes, maybe six all game. And I yeah. just, I, I did watch this and, and Cole, fastball was great. I mean, he's throwing really hard. The secondary pitches weren't there. And man, he was, I, I didn't see any Brooks baseball data, but it seemed he was very reliant on the fastball. And, um, by the time he got to the, to the batting order the third time around, Ben hits three on homer. I will say that there were two infield hits in that inning. So it didn't necessarily have to be so bad, but, uh, yeah, this wasn't a great start for Cole. Well, and I was I feel like I was the low
2: guy on Cole coming in and like obviously one start doesn't confirm everything I was thinking, but he was throwing hard last year too and not not all that effective with it, not getting the strikeouts we saw 2 years ago. So, I mean, one start in, it seems like a continuation of that. Like the the velocity is there, but he's not getting a whole lot out of it.
0: Okay, and any thoughts on his counterpart, Rick Porcello, who was the a-so-so ace yesterday?
1: It was a very Rick Porcello start. Nothing to be alarmed by. Nothing to be excited by. He was Rick Porcello. He sure was.
0: One walk and a win. That's that's what I drafted him for. <laughs> or in our case, one walk and a quality start in the For the People Podcast League. Good yeah, whip. sure. Good whip in this game. Um, alright, guys, listen, so, we've got a new sponsor, and if you're an employer, you need to pay attention. A great website that's gonna make hiring much easy for you, uh, much easier for you, that's ziprecruiter.com slash strike. So that's the, the free promo we got, ziprecruiter.com slash strike. Posting your job in one place, it's, it's not enough to find quality candidates. If you wanna find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can, with ziprecruiter.com. You can post your job to 200 plus job sites, including Facebook, Twitter, and social media. All with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Just quickly screen candidates, rate them, And hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Um, Also, these pictures from yesterday. John Gray, bad start at Milwaukee. He threw four scoreless, actually a lot like Garrett Cole, four scoreless innings, and then everything fell apart in the fifth. Uh, Gray did not record an out. He gave up five runs in the fifth. Marco Estrada had a, I would say, pretty Estrada start at Baltimore. Two runs, four strikeouts, and six innings. And Kevin Gossman, not a good start for him. He walked four. He gave up uh, two runs on five hits and five and a third against Toronto. Usually not a bad walk guy, so bad control yesterday. But let's talk about John Gray and uh, getting beat up at Milwaukee, five runs on six hits in, in four-plus four innings.
2: Yeah, I was disappointed. I, I mean, we talked about him yesterday going against the Brewers lineup away from Coors Field, the most strikeout, the team that struck out the most in baseball last year. I really wanted to see John Gray make a statement after a pretty impressive spring training where he worked to diversify his arsenal. Um, you know, the strikeouts look great. The first four innings, everything was going exactly the way I wanted. But the thing about drafting a Rockies pitcher is you really want them to make the most of those starts away from Coors Field because you know they're going to take some lumps at home. So that's disappointing. I'm not doing anything with dif- differently with John Gray based on this start, but, you know, I'm disappointed by it, sure. Yeah, he uh, he looked about as dominant
1: as I could have expected for the first four innings. You said it was similar to Cole, and it was in the results, but I thought he looked much better than Garrett Cole did through his first four innings. And then, I mean, there was a little bit of him falling apart. There was a little bit of him getting babbipped. It was um, a couple of... The Brewers had four doubles in that game that were ground balls, Hmm. which is kind of a rare thing. Yeah, Um, It's disappointing. I agree with Scott, but there was also a lot of reason to still be excited for the future.
0: All right, so Scott said you're not doing anything differently with John Gray based on the start. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to assume the answer is no, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you doing anything differently with any pitchers based on yesterday's starts? Well... I mean, yesterday starts. We're talking
2: mostly aces, right? Yeah. And so, you know, other than some potential injury issues there with Kluber and and maybe Syndergaard down the line, no. Uh, but the ones, like, I would, I'm, I'm at least thinking about picking up a couple of the pitchers who aren't aces and who aren't universally owned
0: in fantasy who started yesterday. I might see if I could
1: make a buy low offer on John Gray.
0: Well, we got an email from Chad Simmons. Chad is an obsessed fantasy-stocrat, as he calls himself, from Cape Breton. He wants to know about Kendall Graveman, who has a new cutter, and it is surrounded by new Ks, according to Chad. Um, so, yeah, Graveman did get some good strikeout numbers yesterday, and he is 60, uh, 49% owned. He struck out seven Angels. The Angels were a pretty tough team to strike out last year. Um, Last year Graveman only struck out 108 in 186 innings But I was unaware of this cutter And I don't know, we can look into that But what do you think about Kenneth Graveman?
2: There's something else going on uh, with Kendall Graveman He was one of the two pitchers I was mentioning just a second ago Not adding him in any mixed leagues yet But a guy whose next start I'm going to watch very closely Next couple starts probably Because yeah, I mean, six, seven strikeouts in six innings in this first start it's unexpected from Kendall Graveman, but it's one start, and it's not like he's never done anything like that before. You wouldn't make much of it on its own. But in spring training, he uh, he had nearly a strikeout per inning as well. Um, and his velocity toward the end of last season, uh, went it went up. It went up, and, um, and then it seemed like it's in this first start, based on the early data from Brooks Baseball. And I tried. I looked at the broadcast to to see if it verified what Brooks Baseball was saying because Brooks Baseball had some questionable data uh, early yesterday. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I don't want to get too excited until I know for sure. But it looked like Kendall Graveman's velocity was up even more in this start to the point he was touching 98. Mm. Yeah, I'm, with his fastball. What I'm looking at says he is average 94.8 with
1: his two-seamer. Uh, the max velocity of 97.7. The cutter, I'm not sure because according to this, he only threw two cutters, one slider, and one changeup, and he threw 100 four-seam fastballs or two-seam fastballs.
0: Yeah, I see. That's the thing. Like, I I don't even know if the people doing the data would be able to accurately tell which ones the four-seamer and which ones the cutter. Like that's kind of an issue that I have with. With some of these these pitch metrics, pitching yeah, metrics. It, and yeah. it's an understandable mistake to make. Like, you know, it's but hard here's to tell. what I can say that's a hundred percent factual. Okay, his, his
2: Graveman had this start, which was very good, and, and the strikeouts were surprisingly high. His last two spring starts, uh six innings, two hits, six strikeouts, seven innings, five hits, seven strikeouts, and no walks in either of them. So, like. This is three starts in a row, granted only one of them counts, where he looked like a legitimate top-of-the-rotation pitcher. Now, this was against the Angels, right? Yeah. And those spring starts were against the Padres and White Sox. So still a lot more I need to see, particularly since Graveman has established a bit of a track record now. But if he's adding pitches, if he's picking up velocity, and we know for sure he picked up velocity the last couple months of last season, even if we're not sure about the start of this year yet. Uh, it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, he didn't pitch all that well. He had some very good starts last year when he picked up the velocity, but a lot of bad ones too. So I think Graveman probably, I think we're calling him like a wait and see watch yeah. list kind of guy. Okay. Um, all right then, we got to move on to hitters, but you know, there was all like Irvin Santana over Santana at 265 ERA after the all-star break and, um, only three strikeouts, but one run in seven innings against the, against the Royals yesterday. Jeremy Hellickson pitched well, but only had one strikeout at Cincinnati. And Edinson Volquez pitched well at Washington. Five innings, no runs, six Ks. So like between Santana, Hellickson, Graveman, and Volquez, who would you give me your top two on that list? Irvin Santana, Hellickson, Graveman, Volquez. I'd go Graveman, Santana.
2: Oh, so you're, you're going to be even higher than me on Graveman because I'll go Santana and Graveman. I think Santana's ownership could stand to rise even from the 75% it's at. Like, he's not a guy you're ever going to really, like, strain to get in your lineup in a one-star week, but he's just, he's
0: the kind of, like, steady two-star option that you like to keep close. Okay. Well, it is Team Name Tuesday, by the way. We have some, some team names to read, some emails to read. Wednesday is grade the trade day, so email us at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We'll grade some trades. You can tweet me as well. Um, I got a lot of of team names to get to. I think I'm going to kind of sprinkle them in throughout the rest of the show. I will start with two team names from Lewis in New Brunswick, Canada. Um, two team names. One never go against familiar. Never go against the familia. Is that a Godfather reference?
1: You're going to have to get a little smoother in the transition of reading these. <laughs> Thelum.
0: Sorry. And uh, <laughs> two is interesting here. I wish I were an O's Kiermeier Wiener. I like that one a lot. What if we change it to O's Kiermeier Weeters?
1: I wish no. I was a O's Kiermeier wieners. Weeters. No, wieders. I, I think
2: it makes it a little too like it. It, it doesn't flow as well if you change I wish
1: wieners I was an wieders. O's Kiermeier Wiener. Yeah. We. Yeah, I like
0: that better. No <laughs> Weeters. Okay, and then let me read one more. Oh, Shrimp Fried Bryce. Shimp, shimp, jeez fr- sh- man. shrimp. Fried Come on! Adam. Shimp
1: Fried Bryce. I apologize to everyone who sent in these great team names.
2: <laughs> what about Deadlift Shimp? Left Shimp is, is, shimp is good too. This is from Kyle by the way. Yeah. You look kinda like mer- you get that app where you can merge people's faces together.
0: Yeah, I think that's the second time you've used that. It's a, reference. well, I don't know that I've,
2: used, I, I mentioned it to you off the air. Oh, off the air. I wanted air. that to be Team Scams, uh, logo. It yeah, was our do that. faces merged together. Is There's an app for that, huh? Apparently, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Somebody, uh, I was, my sister's wedding, one of my cousins was showing it to me, so.
0: It's I funny stuff. Don't know what it's called, but it exists. Chris Bazo uh, writes, I won my league last year, trying to win another. It's not bad. Uh, let's talk hitters. Let's talk hitters. Multi-dong club. Yasmani Grandal, double-dong. Chris Davis, double-dong. Chris Davis with a K. Rugnet Odor, double-dong. Hooray. This is exciting for all of them. Yeah. All right. Good. And not entirely unexpected. No, obviously Grandal is uh probably the one we're most excited about just because the other two are must-owns. And, well, Grandal I- is too, but... Yeah, I mean...
1: Listen, Chris obviously very excited about the Yosemite Grandal, Jock Peterson.
2: It's too bad that he's not here to talk about it.
0: Yeah, he's sick. He's sick. C- so.
2: Speaking of Grandal hitting two home runs, could there have been a more bipolar opening day matchup than Clayton Kershaw versus Uli Shasin? <laughs> no. <laughs> and it played out exactly the way yeah. it was
0: supposed to. Except it was one Giving up nine
2: earned runs in four innings and the other two hitting the team. So...
0: Yeah, that was uh that was a big mismatch. Um, I got four. Usually we do three up, three down. I got four up, three down today. Four up. Number one is Mike Moustakas, fifty-seven percent owned. He homered yesterday. Only played twenty-seven games last year. Do you think Mike Moustakas, fifty-seven percent owned, is under owned, over owned, or just right? Just right. All right. Yeah, I think
2: eventually this Moustakas, Travis Shaw, Pablo Sandoval. There's even more. Nick
1: Castellanos.
2: Yeah, like that whole segment of third base is, there's going, we're going to start to see some separations between the, you know, the winners and the losers there. And then maybe if Mustakis is on the right side of that, he'll be a little under owned. But right now it's, it's hard to pick between that big group.
0: Cesar Hernandez and Freddie Galvis both homered yesterday off Scott Feldman, these Phillies middle infielders, and they're both 35% owned. And yeah, are they under owned? Cesar Hernandez and Freddie Galvis.
1: Uh, I would say Hernandez, obviously, I think is under owned. Uh, of course, about, you do. Wrote about him on waiver wire yesterday, and I, I'm not so sure about Galvis because if you had to ask me, is Galvis going to be better than or worse than a lot of these upside shortstops that we are drafting and just didn't even consider Galvis? Really, he's probably going to be better than more than half of them, but he doesn't necessarily have the upside of any of them. So that's the problem with him.
0: Well, last year, Galvis had 20 home runs and 17 steals, and he only finished as the number 18 shortstop in both points and Roto. Uh, he had 241. Now, very few runs in RBIs, 67 RBIs, 61 runs. Galvis, 36% owned. Not a huge need to get him. How about Lucas Duda, though? 29% owned. Uh Duda, in 2014 and 15, had an 830 and an 838 OPS. He averaged in those two seasons 33 homers per 162 games. He was terrible last year in 47 games, but do you think Lucas Duda is underowned at
2: 29%? Uh, maybe a little. I don't—like you say, he averaged 33 home runs per 162 games, and he may average that again. I just don't think he'll come that close to 162 games. Wilmer Flores probably start against the lefties. And uh, kind of a deeper league corner infield option is how I see Lucas Duda.
0: Okay. Let's go to three down. Three down number one. I'm just going to keep picking on this guy, Cameron Mabin, and I'm doing it because I want Ben Revere to be the starter. Mabin went 0 for 4 with two Ks at Oakland. He batted sixth. He started in left field. And I know that if, if Ben Revere is a regular player, he's a much more valuable player in fantasy than Cameron Mabin. So that's all I'm saying. Three down, number two, Byron Buxton, 0 for 5 with three strikeouts against the Royals. And three down, number three, washed up Andrew McCutcheon, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts at Boston.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Buxton made two great catches, so he has some job security, I would guess. Um, McCutcheon, you know. If you didn't, if you didn't have much confidence in McCutcheon coming into the year, you're probably seeing this as validation early on, but even good McCutcheon would strike out three times in a game every now and then. So let's not put the cart before the horse here.
0: Okay. How about these team names from Ryan from Tampa? Sin Guardians of the Galaxy. It's pretty good. Donald like Trumbo. It. Donald Wait, Trumbo. Sin Guardians
1: or Cinder Guardians? Sin- Damn it! Cinder Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> You're
0: awful. Uh Donald Trumbo, I got that one right. And yeah. uh that's fun. And uh Trinin wheels. Yeah,
2: if we pronounced it train', which I thought as recently as a week ago.
1: That's exactly how they say <laughs> it in Georgia.
2: Yeah. Get you <laughs> wheels on that bike.
0: Yeah, right. Alright. So those were good ones. Thank you. I'm looking for more team names. Dodgers edition team name. When Puigs Fly. And, oh, I can make a combo here. Get, get rich hill or die trinin.
2: Get rich.
0: So you, you're just, we're just
2: kind of ignoring it. It's get rich or die trying, but you have to throw the hill in there. And yeah, then get,
0: make get rich hill or die trying.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. It's alright. Let's do no more team names then. Let's move on. <laughs> Looking at uh, stolen bases from yesterday. Trey Turner, Adam Eaton. Oh, Xander Bogarts, two steals. He said he's going to steal 20. It's a matter of the heart, Adam, a matter of
2: desire. Do you want it badly enough? Mark, Xander Bogarts Mark, does. Mark Reynolds wanted it pretty badly yesterday,
0: but it was still a bad idea. <laughs> Did he, get throw- he got caught stealing, right?
2: Yes. Well, you know, 162 games to, to make. The, maybe be right sometimes.
0: Uh, who else? Anything that really stood out to you is Drupal Cabrera, Wilmer Flores, Charlie Blackman, Domingo Santana, and Keon Broxton. Did not hit well, but they both stole a base yesterday. That's cool.
1: Ooh. Lorenzo Kane.
0: Lorenzo Kane. Alex Bregman. He had two steals in 49 games last year. Bregman had 20 steals in 30 attempts in 146 minor league games. Do you think Alex Bregman could steal 15 bases this year? 15? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Do you think it's yeah, good? He Twenty bases, Possible. less likely. Well, yeah. Always oh, not. 25 is even less likely. <laughs> Twenty-five can't happen. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. Yep. Uh, <laughs> not gonna happen. Abraham Almonte uh, for Cleveland, starting in place of Lonnie Chisenhall. Any interest in him? He had a good spring and a steal yesterday. He stole eight bases in 182 at bats last year. So I guess there's some potential there for Almonte. Is he? Do, do we care? No, not yet. All right. And Joey Gallo stole base. G A L L O. Oh, the movie was on Saturday night. My cousin Vinny. I never can have, can avoid. Have, if it's on, I'm watching it. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Amazing it is. Movie.
2: It is highly rewatchable. I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh caught stealing yesterday. I noticed Gregory Polanco, Mark Reynolds, Ryan Braun, and Carlos Gomez were caught stealing. Gomez, like I said, I think he was safe. But Polanco, remember I brought this stat up about Polanco, uh, he really has a bad success rate. And of all the all the players who stole thirty or more bases last year, only Travis Jankowski had a lower success rate than Gregory Polanco. So that's something I'll be keeping an eye on. Does he is he actually successful? Um, and he wasn't yesterday, he's 0 for 1 So there's that And I don't think we have to say much about that Did you notice anything in the lineups yesterday That you thought was interesting Like Manuel Margot leading off Andrew Tolles uh, leading off for the Dodgers Yeah, yeah, this one I was
2: going to say Was Andrew Tolles leading off I'd, I'd assumed Logan Forsythe would every day But it. early indications are It'll be Tolles against righties And then I would guess Forsythe against lefties And uh Tolles is... An interesting player. I'm not convinced he'll play regularly enough, though batting high in the order when he does play does help with the at-bat situation. Uh, but he hit, what, 315 in part-time work last year, was in a regular part of the Dodgers playoff lineup. And you look at his minor league numbers, he missed a year, 2015, was out of baseball. Uh, but before that, and, uh, you know, obviously last year before he got called up, there were some, like, Carl Crawford type numbers going on for Tolls. So, you know, particularly in a five outfielder league, I think he's somebody to consider. And if, if we see him start a couple times against lefties, maybe even more than five outfielder leagues.
1: Couple of, uh, things that I think we'll see change today, but maybe not. Uh, Dyson hit ninth and Haniger hit second, but that's because they were facing Keichel. So I would expect against a righty, we may still see Dyson in that spot. And same thing with the Padres with Manuel Margot leading off, Jankowski hitting ninth. I wouldn't be surprised if they flip flop whenever it's against a right handed pitcher and then the thing that was probably the biggest thing for me was Evan Gaddis not in the lineup. Mm. I would like to see him in the lineup today, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call. Uh and I just want to say about Forsyth, he know he did not lead off yesterday, but he did bat fifth. So if that's the pro if he's gonna bat fifth against uh Against righties and lead off against lefties, I still think that you're pretty excited about that if you, if you like Forsyth. Um Eric Thames batted second, by the way, it's 47% owned. Domingo Santana batted fifth, Keon Broxton sixth. And,
1: and they get a lefty today as well, so that will be interesting to see. Does Thames sit today? Does Shaw? I don't think that's really probably gonna happen, but it could. Who plays where? I, I would expect Arnon Perez to get in the lineup today.
0: Uh, what are we looking for today in terms of pitchers? I'm gonna have my eye on, I would say, Sean Manaya and yep. Patrick Corbin. Those would be the two. Oh, Lance McCullers too. Oh yeah, the the late ones. Uh, actually, we don't have any day games today, but um, one day game. Oh, we do. Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yes. Uh, Chicago rescheduled from yesterday. Verlander, Quintana. Yeah, Carrasco is gonna be worth watching. A lot of interesting stuff tonight. I think tomorrow's gonna be a pretty juicy show, guys. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, well, yeah, so let's keep an eye on them. And I don't know if there's anyone out there that you're picking up if he's unowned that's starting tonight. Like, I don't think we're going to care well, about Martin Perez, Tyler Anderson, Zach, Zach Davies. Well,
2: Corbin. Why not Corbin? Though? Oh, yeah. I forgot I yeah. was saying earlier. Sorry. Yeah, if Corbin has a good start against the Giants, I think there will be, I think he'll get a lot of waiver wire action, potentially
1: even from me. And, you know, if Jake Odorizzi's not owned, you just pick him up, start him tonight, and then drop him tomorrow.
0: Yeah, home game. Home game against the Yankees doesn't, doesn't seem like a bad thing there. And, alright, let's read some emails to finish the show. baseball at CBSI.com. This is from Zach. Dear Ahmed, Franklin, and Brendan. What's wrong with me today? The, <laughs>
1: those are guys, middle infielders that did not get a starting job?
0: Mm, Okay. Nick Ahmed, Nick Franklin, Brendan Ryan?
2: I was thinking Brendan Rogers.
0: Well, Ahmed and
2: Franklin are both Knicks. Nick Brendan? Not New York Knicks, but their names are Nick. Yeah, that's
0: true, too. They're lucky they're not New York Knicks. Oh, and Nick Brendan is uh, somebody from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Here's the question. (laughs) So Zach is, is ranking his 10 shortstops for 2018. And he doesn't have Xander Bogarts in his top ten. He has Correa, Turner, Seager, Story, Gleyber Torres, Addison Russell, Lindor, VR, thinking he'll spell Arcia enough to keep eligibility, Segura, and Dansby Swanson. What is up with this, Zach? What is up with the Bogarts? Hey, because he was hit batting sixth yesterday.
2: Man, he doesn't, uh, he, he made my bold prediction of Bogart's not finishing in the top eight. He made that look pretty lame. Thanks a lot, Zach. By the way, if, uh, Bogart's does live up to his prediction of stealing 20, 20 bases this year, then I'm, my bold prediction's not coming true. Like, he's not going to regress that much as a hitter that if he's stealing 20 bases also, it's just not going to happen. So I disagree with Zach here, top 10, and I'm starting to disagree with myself too. And this Glavar
1: Torres and Dansby Swanson, like, if they are Xander Bogarts next year, that will be phenomenal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh Bogarts – remember I said that – okay, I asked Heath and Chris. I gave you guys like two or three players. I said who's got the best chance to, like, break out even more and – it was between Springer and and Bogarts. I said Bogarts, and I thought I I was trying to say like he'll have better stats than Springer. I don't know that he'll have better stats than Springer. What I wish I had said, I think they're going to have pretty similar stats. But the fact that Bogarts is a shortstop will make him more valuable than Springer. But um, I I am I don't know. I really wish I had Xander Bogarts. I don't have him in any leagues, and it, it, I'm i regretting that. I don't hey, care. He doesn't have a
2: Ledmus Diaz in here also. Hey. Yeah.
0: Diaz, two hey, steals. Hey, Zach. Yeah. Come on. Alright, here's a question from Will in Oakland. He says, Hey, Bobby, Houston, and Andrew. Houston's Those spe-
1: are Angels relievers?
0: Who's Bobby? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I picked up Freddie Galvis. Who's better, <laughs> who's better to have this season? Galvis or Dansby Swanson? Swanson. Samsonite. Yeah, that's again. This is one of those guys I was talking
1: about where Swanson's upside so much higher. I think you have to say him, but I'm not like I don't know what the odds of Swanson hitting 20 home runs and stealing 17 bases this year. Are. What are the
2: odds of Galvis doing that? I mean, he just like... did it. and He's already got a home run. Okay. It was a surprise that he did it last year,
0: but okay, fair enough. Mike in Nueva York. I know he didn't do much. I didn't know ah, what. Okay, what is what happened to me? Why can't I talk today? What happened? Stupid, you know, why do they have to start the tournament game at 9pm? At 9.20? What, what is that? Tournament. I just
2: noticed you say tournament. Do do most people say tournament or do they say tournament? Tournament. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Alright, let's, let's figure out where we finished. I finished 164th in the bracket out of like...
2: Congratulations. That's high, yeah. Well, I had UNC.
0: I'm guessing I I, I finished amongst the worst of the UNC people. Oh, you picked UNC. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you beat all of us then. I pick Gonzaga. We don't need to do it 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 this It would have helped anymore. a lot. <laughs> okay, good. I win. Uh, the question from Mike is really just uh, about Hanager. I'm getting on board the Hanager hype train with Scott. I added him yeah. in shallow formats over players like Puig, Mazzara, and Beltran. Late bold prediction, Hanager wins rookie of the year over Ben Benintendi. It's
2: going to have to be hard to do that when he doesn't get any hits. Wow. <laughs> I saw his walk last night, though, man. That's really ni- such a good at bat, really nice walk huh it was, he came back from down uh 2 or one two or something like that fouled off a couple pitches really nice bat yeah, it really helped those categories ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I, I don't would you rather have Hanager or Puig
2: oh um I'm kind of leaning Hanager right now, but I have a lot of shares in both
0: uh Hanniger or Mazara. Are.
2: I'd rather have Haniger. Oh, I'm, wow, wow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Haniger or Beltron? Haniger. Eh. Unless it's a play, like if I'm forced to start a player, I'm more likely to start Beltron right now. But... but I'd sure like to love Mitch Haniger
1: on my bench. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> That's right. Like you want Mitch Haniger over all these guys as long as you don't have to actually play them I am playing, I think I'm playing him in our league, Adam. Team Scam's playing him. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm playing him in tout. I'm starting him in Basically, two leagues. Basically, uh, 15 team, 15 team leagues or deeper, I'm playing Hanneker.
0: I'm starting him in a, I think a 14 team league. I think I'm starting him in, in our editorial league. Uh, Whoa. this is, this is from, uh, Wilkie. Dear Mike, George, and Brooks, 14 team head to head categories with two keepers. Uh, I have Trout. I also have Urias and only two bench spots. Trout's going to be one of his keepers. Is it worth keeping Urias and wasting one of my bench spots until he comes back up to the majors, or should I drop him and try to play waivers in a very crowded league that I know someone will, will pick up Urias if I drop him? Fourteen team head-to-head categories.
1: Only two bench spots. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, like I, I would probably try, just because of the keeper aspect of it. But I'm, I'm, you're going to drop him eventually.
0: By the way, I just got offered. Danny Duffy for Cole Hamels in our in our auction league. That's really weird. Huh. It's exactly what you said, Scott, but I also it is put exactly out a, what I, I also put I also out a wrote note, it
2: yesterday, so maybe they wrote uh,
0: it. I put out a note in that league that I'm kind of down on Hamels and I would take something equivalent. I'll think about that one. I will think about that one. That's that's a league where he actually matters as a sparp. No, he doesn't matter as a sparp.
1: That's not our head-to-head league?
0: No, that's our auction league. Well, we have we a head-to-head auction. auction no, then no. Uh, it's our roto league. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have Hamels than Anna. I would. Well, that's who I have. I'm not. I think I oh. might rather have Hamels. I just. All right. Okay. I'm gonna end the show. Thank you for listening, everybody. More of your emails tomorrow. Grade the trade, and uh, yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. Should be a fun show for Heath and Scott and a sick Chris Towers. I'm Adam Azer. Peace out.